As a parent, you want to build a strong foundation for your child's success. With Time for Learning, you can do just that. Time for Learning is an award-winning online homeschool curriculum for pre-K through 12th grade that teaches math, language arts, science, social studies, and more. With automated grading and reporting, flexible scheduling, and not to mention an affordable price, homeschooling has never been easier. Thanks to the engaging lessons in student-paced curriculum, my child has all the tools they need to dream big. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today I am going to talk about teaching multi-grades in the homeschool. So do you struggle teaching different ages in your homeschool? In this episode, I share some of the techniques that will help you tremendously to reduce the stress and find a balance between teaching kids that are on different grade levels. Hey, I want to say thanks so much to our sponsor of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and this podcast, and that's Time for Learning. Have you checked out their website? Go see time for the number 4 learningcom And you may find the information there helpful for you and your homeschool. Well, at one point in my homeschool career, the range of my children was 20 to 1. And I always said, what are the odds? I had teens when I had my third child. And by the time my fifth came along, my two oldest were adults. Yeah, there were times we struggled. But I'm happy to report that many of the foundational blocks I implemented when the children were younger came in handy when our family size grew from two to five children. And what do I mean by that? One of the things I taught my children early on was to, number one, spend time doing things they like to do, which I always used as a reward, and number two, independent learning. So we did this a lot of different ways. When I was, even with two children, you've got two different grade levels, right? Unless you have twins. And so I used this technique that when I was working with one, the other one was occupied doing something else. And so whether that was seat work or copy work or something they could do when they were younger on their own, or um, whether they were putting together a puzzle or doing some kind of activity uh, that maybe had to do with some free time or for some, some of the time it was school-related, um, they were busy working. So that took a couple of uh, things and finagling, and one of the things it took was scheduling. Uh, so when I you know, was thinking about this, I was thinking back to the days when I taught school. And not all the kids in my fourth grade class were on the same level. And that included, um, you know, the kids that were the high-level kids and the kids that were struggling. And so I realized early on that even in the fourth grade, that you were going to have different levels of learning. And they always said, teach to the middle. But I liked to teach to the highest level because that included, um, you know, 
the ones that were going to get it at a different level, as well as those that were struggling, and I would give them additional help. Um, Then, fast forward, I taught in a middle school level, and um, in middle school, I taught special ed, and there I had a huge range of different um, abilities within the same classroom. So when I looked at that and I thought, you know what, um, I was able to do it there. I should be able to do it in the home. Well, this experience showed me that teachers can be resilient, but a lot of times what we were taught to do in the classroom only worked to a point. And I always say that real learning, you know, the kind that kids remember and can share with others, well, that only comes from integrating learning with the love of learning. I know it's philosophical, but believe me, it works. Part of the problem, I think, with teaching multi-age children is discipline. And and I've done some other podcasts on discipline, and um, I will try to put those links in this podcast. And if I mention something and I don't do it, if I don't write it down, I'll forget. Um, You can go to the ultimate homeschoolradionetwork.com, and on that front page, there is a search bar to the right, and you can search just about any topic, and we have a podcast for you, whether I did it or someone else on the network, and you'll find the answers you need. Well, the the way I want to explain this is, is like this. We know that kids love certain things, and you don't have to talk them into it. Let's just take video games, and I'm not going to get off on a tangent on video games and how much I don't like them, but I have had kids who absolutely love them, so we've had to do a workaround. But you don't have to bribe your kids to play, do you? You don't have to urge them to spend time doing what they love. Well, the same is finding their passion and potential, and I just did a podcast on helping your child find their potential. If your child likes sports, they're going to naturally spend time learning and practicing. Does this mean that your child has to love everything you do? Of course not. But if you're trying to make them learn as well as teaching multi-grades, as well as you know, trying to juggle your schedule, it's going to be really difficult. So don't be afraid to ask your kids questions. And you might not always like the answer, but you'll see what they're thinking and hopefully you'll be able to address the main issues rather than guess why they're struggling to complete their work. So why am I talking about this? Well, when you're working with multi-age children, you have to be able to have some children working independently. And in my mind's eye, I see different scenarios in my own homeschool experience where, you know, I had a child that was shooting rubber bands at the other end of the room to you know, someone else or making a lot of noise. So I couldn't work with the other child who was trying to read with to me. And so I had to nip that in the bud early on, or my homeschool was going to dissolve in chaos. I believe discipline problems around the homeschool classroom um, can be just as, um, you know, per- pervasive as in the, in the regular um, homeschool. So I, you know, as in the regular school. So remember, moms and dads, you have the power at this stage. It takes energy, it takes work, it takes follow through. I mean, my kids would have delayed lunch times or um, they would have different things taken away if they weren't getting their work done. And the great thing is, I had their dad's, um, you know, blessing on this. And so he would often ask how school went. And, you know, the kids would look at me with big eyes waiting to see what I had to say. 
And so, you know, they learned, again, these were what I talked about earlier when I said we had some of the foundation blocks laid. These were some of the things we did early on so that it ensured as our family grew that I had some things in place that I didn't really have to worry um, and that kids were going to get their work done. Having little ones does not have to bring your homeschooling to a halt. In fact, there are many studies that show the value of teaching and retaining information. So you can have older kids teach some of the younger kids. And, you know, following are some tried and true methods I'm going to share with you that I used in my own homeschool. And you know what? I hope that you'll take some of these methods and use them, or it will help jumpstart your thinking about some of the ways you can, um, you know, be a little bit more um, relaxed in your teaching of multi-grades. If you have, and that's number one, don't compartmentalize your child's subjects. If you have every child in a book or a workbook for a different subject for each grade level, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be overwhelmed. I think there is a place uh, personally uh, for textbooks, and that is um, in math. I think that you know math is incremental and it builds on previous learning, so you need a really good foundation there. I think that you can use a lot of hands-on, especially when the kids are younger. Um, and then older, I know we had to switch um, algebra programs because my kids were just, uh, a couple of my boys were just not getting algebra, and we ended up with a, a hands-on algebra program. However, we did as many subjects as we could together. For example, science and history. If we did any kind of unit studies, um, I would highly recommend that um, for your children and also doing um, you know as much as you can together. Are the younger kids going to understand everything in the history book? Absolutely not. And that's why you're going to give them other things that they can do. If you're talking about a specific period of time, you know, the kids can do some kind of craft, um, you know, build something, uh, use, you know, um, a diorama, uh, different things that you can do to reinforce what you're learning with the little ones, whereas the older ones can do other things. You can schedule or use routines, whatever works for you. I know a lot of people don't like schedules, and I'm raising my hand here. I don't either. But I have to tell you that that really worked in our homeschool. Routines work as well. Um, early on in our homeschool, we would take breaks and I would let the kids go out and play a little bit to work off some steam. That did not work in our homeschool. So I, I changed it up. We would start in the morning um, with breakfast or Bible and, and Bible, which normally I was reading to them as they were eating. And then I would let them do something to get their energy out because little kids tend to have a lot of energy and then bring them in and start our day. In that way, we were starting fresh and it wasn't breaking up our day because the little recess just didn't work. Look at your, your situation and see what works for you. Sometimes if you can keep an eye on your kids and you can let the little ones go out and play a little bit while you're working with the older ones, that might work. Um, but you know, I use that with caution because a lot of times that took more effort. You know, somebody got hurt or somebody wasn't 
you know, doing what they're supposed to do. Um, but, you know, you may find that you can, you know, split up your time between the older and the younger kids and make that work for you. The third point is to begin early. Some days we just got a later start and that just seemed to mess everything up. Now, some people like to start later and that's just, you know, it works for them. But for us, if we started early, we could almost guarantee that we would be done with the bulk of our schooling by lunch. And then after lunch, that's where the independent learning came in, whether I was listening to little kids read or um, the older kids were doing some reading on their own. Uh, maybe they were finishing some of their lessons. Uh, that worked really well for us. Um, another thing is to use le- learning stations. Now, I learned this um, actually as a teacher. And even if you don't have a lot of room, a learning station can be in a clear little box with a lid on it. And the kids can take things out that are specifically for your home school. So whether they are, you know, big beads that they're going to, you know, put thread through or... Uh, stacking blocks or whatever that is, they can um, use that only during the homeschool time. You can also um, have something fun. I remember my one son who is very mechanical now, um, he loved this little train we had and the engine was actually um, the electric, well, it was battery powered, but it was a battery powered screwdriver. And so it had all of these pieces and he would put it together and then put the screwdriver in as, as the motor and, you know, then hand tighten the rest of it and the little train would go. And then we would have him take the whole thing apart for the next day or a couple of days later. So we had some things that, you know, our youngest could do while the older children were, were working. Independent learning works very well. Now, here's where you're going to, um, you know, need to have some kind of checks and balances to make sure that the kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing. I would highly, highly recommend that you do this daily instead of weekly because at the end of the week, if you find out your child has missed five lessons of math, you're not going to be happy. So if your child can show you their work every day and you can use it as a, as a like we have checkoff lists. And if you've downloaded any of the printables from the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, there are um, printables for checkoff lists um, that I've included. And that really works well. Another is accountability. And that's exactly what I'm talking about, where you're checking their independent work. Um, So I've already discussed that. I just forgot to go to the next point. Um, The seventh is read aloud. So we did a ton of reading, whether it was a fun book we were reading, um, or it was, you know, maybe a series, whatever that was, we would do some fun reading and then we would read something else. So whether it was something that was a biography or an autobiography, if it was um, a history, um, a period of time from history, we did a lot of oral reading Um, during, you know, different historical periods of time. So that's another um, thing that you can do, and that brings in a ton of different subjects. You know, comprehension for reading, being able to tell you, um, you know, working through with storytelling, telling you what 
what you were talking about, um, accountability questions where you ask the children along the way some questions to make sure that they're listening, um, writing a story afterwards about what you read, or you can have the little ones, you know, do some kind of an art project, drawing a picture, or, you know, putting something together. One of my favorite things, um, and yes, this can be messy, is the little mini marshmallows and toothpicks. Uh, it's amazing what the kids can build with those. So if the little ones got fidgety, I would give them, you know, we'd have some bags of marshmallows. And believe me, the older kids were right there with them, um, putting together their little uh, creations as they were listening and, of course, eating some marshmallows along the way. Uh, the eighth is field trips, essays, and reports. So as my kids would say, I could make anything fun into school. Um, But if we went on a field trip, I would usually do some prep ahead of time. I would have the kids do some research about where we were going or what we were going to be learning. Um, Then we would go on the field trip. And of course, kids could take pictures or they could have what they call their field notebooks. Um, I loved those notebooks that could get wet. They're awesome. Um, And so, you know, rain or shine or smudge or dirt didn't matter. The kids could take notes with that. And then when they got home, the older ones had to do essays and reports. You know, again, with the little ones, you could just have them tell you. um, and, And we would do this on the way home. You know, tell me what was your favorite part? What did you learn? What did you like? And take turns doing that. The ninth is hands-on learning. I am a big um, proponent of uh, you know just getting your hands dirty in some of these activities. Um, yes, I have the kids who just could hear it and remember it or read it and learn it and did not like the you know the do-it-yourself or you know really get into you know putting stuff together. But I have learned that multi-level grades, real, this really, really does work, and it did for us. You can't just always talk about a dissection. You have to do a dissection. Um, you know, as much as I disliked that kind of a thing, I know I wrote some science curriculum, but um, it's important that the kids actually um, demonstrate that they have an understanding, and it's not always you know, book knowledge. The 10th is children as mentors and teachers. And I cannot emphasize this enough. I know when I was um, growing up, my two younger brothers are seven and eight years younger than I am. And I remember reading to them. I remember playing with them, um, taking them on little field trips around. My parents owned a restaurant, so we'd go around back And we'd pick up leaves or we'd pick up rocks or blades of grass and we would just do different, I'd give them glue and we would do different art projects with that. So I loved working with little kids, which later led me into wanting to teach. And I think that children can be mentors to younger children and helping them to learn to read. If you have a struggling reader, then use one of your other uh, children who might be really good at reading to help them. One time, um, when I only had my two, Neil and Christina, I was struggling trying to teach Neil greater and less than. And Christina was really little at the time, and she pulled over a little step stool and you know, asked me for uh, the marker or the chalk. We probably had chalkboards back then. And she drew a line, 
And she drew two arrows at the end and drew a line in the middle and wrote a number five. And she said to Neil, she goes, anything um, less than five goes this goes down and anything greater than five goes up or something to that effect. And Neil looked at her and he goes, oh, okay, I get it. And I just was like, you know, wanting to hit my palm against my hand, my forehead going, uh, what have I just been saying for the last 30 minutes? What did, you know, but it was just hearing it from someone else and it just clicked for him. So, um, you know, whatever that is, whatever works for you teaching multi-level kids, you know, it, it's going to be, you know, great. I just really want to encourage you that you can do it. Sometimes we struggle and think, you know, um, I'm going to ruin my kids and, you know, they're not going to learn anything. But I um, have to say that even though I felt the same way at different times during my homeschool journey, um, my kids have grown up to be very successful, you know, probably despite myself and my perfectly, you know, chosen curriculum for them. But, um, you know, it, it will work out. Just have some faith you know, and hopefully some of these suggestions will help. And hey, if you ever have any ideas or suggestions, stop by the website and you can get the show notes for this episode on vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. Look for episode 295, Teaching Multigrades to Homeschool. Thanks so much for um, listening and timeforlearning.com for being our sponsor today. Be sure to give us a rating on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Thanks so much. God bless and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.